Welcome to the Moving Beyond Your Tribe, where we dig deep on how to stand out from the crowd by building bridges and breaking free from the comfort zone of colloquialism, industrial language, and jargon to find new words, new thinking, and new approaches to ignite action, mobilize a wider network of ambassadors, create customer loyalty, even in a downturn, and build better internal culture. Hi, I'm your host, Torin. I'm bilingual and throughout my life have straddled two cultures, Norwegian and American. I've worked in 10 different industries spanning 25 countries. I have seen firsthand the power of diverse collaboration to create impact across cultures, countries, and the political divide. On this podcast, we will bring on notable leaders from all walks of life to teach us and provide us tools on how they have moved beyond their comfort zone and create amazing breakthroughs of profit, opportunities, and impact. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Moving Beyond Your Tribe podcast. I'm really excited today because we are going to be meeting with Ulf Schweikendijk. And uh, I think, did I get it right? You did get it right. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> how did I meet Ulf? Well, this is a really great story. It just shows you the passion of someone that's a founder and really loves what he's doing right now. I found it and I'm always this innovator, always looking for new apps. And I was trying to find a new app on how do I stay productive? And I just couldn't find anything. And then something kept popping into my feed and it was called Centered. And it was this beautiful green, meditative, and it talked about how you'll be more productive. So it's late one night and I get the app. And then what happens is I'm not quite sure how it works. And then I contact Centered like, hey, I need some help. And who do I get to talk to? Who takes my call? It's the founder. And we got to be talking for a while, talk about the app. And I have to say, it has really helped me out. And I would recommend you really checking it, this app out. It's called Centered App. It really brings this kind of music. At first, I wasn't used to the music, but it has this beautiful music with each task. And while you're doing that task, and it's more like probably for a writer, if you want to stay focused on something, make sure that you're not visiting like your Facebook page, Twitter page, really getting away from it and really stay not distracted, which is hard for me. And I couldn't believe how much I got done. Like, so one day I got all my tasks done before three o'clock and I was like, wait, that's not happened before. And so, oh, welcome. I'm so excited that we could talk about your wonderful app and about how you created this. You know, all of this, uh, thank you so much for taking me on on your podcast. Like I'm a big, big fan. This is fantastic what you do. And it just feels so good to hear, you know, that's why I'm doing these onboardings to eventually hear back from from our early customers and how it actually changes the way they work and their life in general. And so, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. So if you quickly could just tell us a little bit about the app, so we kind of get that. And then we'll talk about how you came up with the idea. Yeah. Centered is really an app that helps you to get into flow. Do you, have you ever heard of that term flow? I know. Yes. That's one of my, my mantras like uh, to inspire myself, get into the flow. So while we look like a to-do list, we're really not focusing on that planning and future piece of that and really trying to help you to get your tasks done. And we're talking about flow. We're talking about this state where you get really deep into concentration and just think of this one thing, time stops, you're super hyper-concentrated 
and you're just focusing on this one thing. And how amazing is that feeling, right? That alone, that, oh, that is actually feeling. why we became knowledge workers, to chase that yet another like half an hour, an hour of flow. Athletes get it when they're hyper-concentrated, like extreme sports athletes, for instance, get it when they're just performing the next super crazy trick. There was like uh, this, this lovely book, uh, The Rise of Superhuman. They're Ooh. talking about, they're, for instance, talking about the skateboarder that was jumping the Chinese wall from one side oh, to wow. the other. And the first time he tried it, he broke his leg. And yet within hours later, he got back on his skateboard and jumped it again and made it. And he could talk about like that it took the jump alone felt to him like minutes, even though it was like a fraction of a second to him. It felt like minutes. He could really like think about his body position, his movement, that is flow that when you forget about the like sense of time and you're just hyper concentrated on that one thing that you're doing. So we're doing this for productivity. We're, we're basically doing this for your tasks. And you already said, yes, you hit play on a task and we transform you into this from planning into doing mode. Yeah, totally. You have a little player. The player shows you just the one thing you're supposed to be doing. We ask you to estimate what you're supposed to, what, how long this <laughs> task is supposed to take. And I know we're all not that great at estimation. No, we're not. But at least not me. <laughs> You know, and we'll all get better at it over time. The more you do it, it's yet another muscle that you that you start on training, that you just know eventually you get better at it. That's a, that's a good part about it. But just to think about how to time box every single thing that you want to do, it's actually quite important to not get too deep into something that is actually not that important to do. So say you want to write an email and you say, okay, 10 minutes is perfectly fine to like write this email response. And you see yourself like 45 minutes later into it. That was, that was either a really bad way of estimating that that's one idea. The other idea, most likely you just got distracted. You just out of a sudden, like got deep into a rabbit hole. And that email was actually not worth the 45 minutes. That's more the case than, than uh, the Mm. former. So we, we make a pretty opinionated approach to this work. So you make you estimate a task, you hit play on a task, we show you a player that shows you the task at hand, and the player is always visible on your computer. We have Mac app right now, will be a Windows app very soon too. So we're just launching in the next couple of days oh, our wow. first private Windows version to try out with a handful of our users. You can apply to it uh, on our website. It's gonna be really exciting to be on Windows as well. But uh, so again, we're going back to hitting play on a task. We show you a player. You mentioned already we have music. That's music that we design. That's music specifically designed to ring that Pavlovian bell to like get you into this flow state quicker. Because the more you are in centered, the more you listen to the same type of music and the more you remember, okay, this is my quiet time. This is my mm-hmm. thinking time. This is my working time. The music is anywhere between like 60 and 90 beats per second. It's not too exciting. It's not too boring. It doesn't have vocals in it. It's really designed to not get you distracted to the music. Um, And it really is just like this additional piece that helps you to stay in flow. And then you met already Noah, our productivity coach. Think of Noah as like a Siri for productivity. Noah, (laughs) Noah is a virtual assistant that 
looks kind of over your shoulder while you work. So notice he turns your computer into do not disturb mode. So you do not get any notifications anymore on your, on your computer while you work. And only while you work. We, we basically just like trying to shut you out of the like iMessages and Facebook messages and push notifications that you can get and emails that should pop up. All of that Noah turns off while you work on a task. Then Noah gives you some announcements of you are halfway done with your task. You're almost at the end of your task. You're over time with your task. And right. he's like advising you to like, uh, we, have this, <laughs> we have this lovely button that uh, where you can always add a little bit more time to your task if you're, if you're not that great at estimation. We call it uh, internally actually the microwave timer, right? When you like hit like, oh, 30 yes. more seconds on the microwave. That, that's kind of what, what we have uh, with Noah as well to like, leave me alone for another five minutes, please. But the most important piece is Noah knows which applications you're using and only while you're working on Centered. We're not trying to be big brother in any way and like looking just at any of your app usage or your website usage. Mm -hmm. Just We just look at enough information while you work to give Noah a chance to learn your work patterns and then make good recommendations when he thinks you get distracted. And as yeah. you notice, you like you go to Amazon or you go to Facebook or Twitter while you work on a task. Most likely, Noah will come in and will tell you, "I'm not sure if that's the right task for you right now. I think you're getting distracted." And that plays on like the idea of mindfulness, right? Like the part yeah. of mindfulness called awareness of even just the fact that somebody makes you aware or helps you being aware of your action most likely helps you not go down that rabbit hole and stay in Twitter oh, yeah. and stay on Facebook and brings you back to your task. And that's really why you and a lot of our other customers get their work done so quickly because you're just aware of your actions and you kind of don't want to mess with Noah, right? You don't want to mess with Noah, but what was so fascinating is that the one project that I really liked doing with this was I had to set up my my budget, my finances, breaking it all down and and what happened was when I got into the zone, I got into the zone and I basically did the whole year. Like instead you of just doing one, yeah. I was in total flow and, and I didn't want to stop. And, and it was something about the music. And you're right, because now I'm getting used to the music. So today when I had to do like a, I only had like a 15 minute to write. I still put no on. I still put all of it on just to get myself in the mode. And it was so interesting because my whole mind just started shifting into a greater focus like I wasn't tempted to go anywhere else because no now the music is on it's almost like I'm disciplining myself to go into that phase of writing so it's been it's been really great I've and I like it and it's and it's so single focus so it's not like I have anything else with it I have this I plan out my day and it's and you're right it's helped me start figuring out how much time and it's actually valuing that when I because I'm a writer I do take more time for things. And what's interesting is before I would devalue myself with like only putting 30 minutes, but really it's yeah. taking me an hour and a half. And so right now, if I'm actually going to write an email and do it right or a proposal or what I have to do, I value myself enough to put it to an hour and a half, but it also makes me make it a higher threshold before I actually say yes to do something like that. Exactly, exactly. You actually, you don't just throughout your entire day, probably don't look anymore at all on all the different things you might be doing because you planned out your day. You said like, there is my like 
two hours of deep work time that I want to do today or my 20 minutes of writing or even if it's just 50 minutes of writing, you set that out and you execute on that rather than getting distracted or overwhelmed by all the other possibilities that, you know, life throws at us. Right. So how did you get started with all this? What, what made you design this app? I mean, you're, you're the founder. It's so exciting to actually talk to the founder. A lot of times you get like a communications person, you get someone, but and that's what's so exciting, actually, to meet you, to onboard me, to help me get this going, uh, getting this into my life. So how did you get started? Yeah. And, you know, I, lo- I love working with our customers because it helps me so much to give vision and direction to our company. From day one, I was doing this and I'm still doing this. We have now two other folks that help us onboard new customers to just let go of the load of that a little bit of, of my shoulder. So I don't, I don't get every single person anymore, but I, I get as many as I can. So that's still very exciting. My background is actually in engineering. So stereotypical, like that, that German engineer that eventually, you know, <laughs> via, via roads of Montreal and New York City made his way to Silicon Valley and became an entrepreneur. But you don't um, sound German. You've got, you don't really have an accent. Oh, I have an accent. I definitely have an accent. If I hear myself, if I hear later on our recording, I'll definitely, it's like, oh, there's this German guy talking. Really? Oh, no, I, I don't think so. But that's, that's my point. Of thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. My co-founder and my wife are correcting me daily enough on, on my, on my. Grading. Oh, so, so she's your co-founder. Uh, that's lovely. Yeah. So, uh, oh, no, 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 no. My, uh, my co-founder and my wife, two different people. My oh, co-founder, Stephen, and my okay. wife, Sharon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you came from San Francisco. I came, so I came, I live, I live in the Bay Area. I'm an engineer. I, I was actually like a very early, like mobile engineer at Siri before Apple acquired us and then was like sh- shortly at Apple just to get Siri out of the door and really like found my love there for entrepreneurship and for startups and started with a friend of mine, Yuri Engstrom is his name. She's a lovely Finnish person who similar to me, like lived actually for a long time in the United States, quarantining right now in Helsinki again. <laughs> I think that's a good choice. But uh, started our first company together. A couple of his aiders sold it, sold their company and started some, some more companies afterwards. They were all to me, they were all focused on software that cost an emotion. So I feel like... Ooh, cost an emotion. What do you mean by that? That's so I call it, I call it, I think, and that's more software these days, how software should behave and more technology should behave. And I think we're seeing slowly a shift in that direction. Mm-hmm. I call it emotional software. Software mm. that it's not a bookkeeping. It's not QuickBooks that just makes you, that does a task for you and that's it. It's a software that you use that where you feel something Hmm. like centered, for instance, where you feel like, ah, I have this sense of flow and it just makes me happy. You get that dopamine hit. Everything is great when you're, when you're using a software that actually causes an emotion in you, hopefully happiness or just relief or happy, yeah, happiness or relief. There's other software. We built an app called Detour, which was a mobile walking tour app. Think wow. of think of combining the best of like a high quality podcast right. with location. So you mm. out of a sudden walk over the Golden Gate, over the Brooklyn Bridge, for instance, and you have Ken Burns narrating you like what you should see, what nobody else around mm. you to see. He's making you stop among all the people that walk around you 
and, and tells you, look down right now and I show you something special. And you look down and there is actually something special. And you know that all the tourists are just passing by like lemmings. And you feel so special that just because you use this app and like have your headphones in that this amazing podcast host in this case, or amazing uh, person in general, I think he is, point out that there is there's something special that nobody else knows. And so that is again, like another piece of like emotion. Oh, that's an app that you, that's an app that we, that we, that we've done. Uh, We actually sold it a couple of years ago to both. Sadly, it's not around anymore. It's called Detour. It was called Detour. Detour. Wow. Oh, wow. That's incredible. I wish I'd known about that. (laughs) I know. I know. It, it really was like a good trigger for me to do something similar to what we've done at Detour at Centered and really marrying amazing content with amazing technology and build a team around amazing content and amazing technology. Yeah, no, it's been great. But what about Siri? That's a great beginning in all of this. What did you learn from Siri or how did you develop Siri? (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, it was it was my first mobile developer job to come in. I like kind of got handed an app that was run by a contractor, and I and I was so happy that I could make my mark on, on that app early on. And it was just a, a roller coaster, right? Because it was it within within three months we were acquired by Apple, and out of a sudden, you know. The office wasn't anymore a small startup office in uh, in San Jose. It was out of a sudden, like you know, the like campus at Apple, and yeah, it was it was a really quick turnaround. To it, I think like it was a startup crash course. I came from large companies before I was working for Autodesk. I was working for Microsoft before I was working for Ericsson Research before, and so I was always. You know, the typical like, oh, if I if I think I'm successful, I need to be at a large company. Right. And really just through a program at NYU, I learned that there's this completely different world out oh, there. What program was that? I was I did a digital media program at NYU, like a okay. master's program over there. And I feel like every every part of that program had a little bit of an entrepreneurial aspect to it. Mm. And out of a sudden, I was like, oh, there's this thing called TechCrunch. I, I should just see what's out there. And that, that's actually how I got into Syria. I like, sent the founders an email. They just launched on TechCrunch. And I was like, really? I love what you do. I, I didn't see any job posts or anything, but I just love what you do. I think here are some improvements for the app. Here's some, here's some game that I wrote that got a handful of downloads. And I kind of got myself some mobile developer cred from that game. Are you hiring? And, you know, if you would do that to like Microsoft or any other big company, <laughs> it's just like goes on the pile. And, you know, there's this that young kid that wants to have a job and it will just get forgotten. But I actually got a callback from one of the founders within a wow. day or so. And they're like, oh, my God, this is great. This is almost serendipitous. We, we actually need somebody who can help us ASAP. And I started working on the on the original Siri app that wasn't even part of yet the iPhone. It was a standalone app, worked wow. exactly the same way, had a conversational interface. You could record your voice and speak to it. It was actually, I want to say it had a little bit more features that it had what that than what Siri is right now. But it was just so exciting to like be part of that that small team. That's amazing because it's like Intel inside. It's like everyone knows about Siri. And the iPhone. 
that's, that's it's so a legacy, funny, isn't it? Isn't that so funny? Yeah, I feel very blessed that you know I, I had a tiny, tiny, tiny piece of it. Like, uh, I, yeah. So what did so you? You've you've been a founder several times. You've been the startups. You've been the big companies. But what have you kind of learned from that process? You know, and because it's interesting, you're you're really when I see a startup, it's always like run, 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 do, 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 and and yet here you are going back and starting up a whole meditative, quiet, more productive. So is there a reason for that because of your startup or your corporate or what made you go into that space? Yeah. How did I get to that? Yeah. Um, so my last job before Scented, I was at Postmates and I was in charge of Postmates is a delivery app. You know, you like order food on, on your phone and you, right. you get it delivered to your door. And I was in charge of the fleet team over there, which was basically the the careers on the ground, the postmates we call them on the ground right. that pick up the food and deliver your food. And I've just seen how corporate America works and how all these knowledge workers, the engineers, the designers, the product managers, are so proud when they say, Oh, today I got some quote unquote work done. Right. And what they really mean by that is like they actually got some deep work done. They got to focus. They got into flow. And it's a special moment for them. <laughs> but is. that's really what everybody's paid for. And, you know, Silicon Valley is expensive. That's why we like these people get paid for a lot. And yet we do so little of the actual deep work in corporate America. And oh, I that's started- an amazing insight. You're absolutely right. Look, right. everybody is running around from meetings. This was n- this didn't come out of the COVID COVID work from home piece. This came out of the open office. Everybody is trying to put their headphones on and is trying not to get distracted, but yet everybody is tapping on your shoulder all the time. So I was starting to research ways we can, as a manager, how oh, yeah. I can help and support my team to get more deep work done and learn from a coworker actually of mine about the Pomodoro method. Then I started to read flow. Then I started to read the two hours, like uh, the, like, um, what is the book? I think it's just called two hours again of like, just having like a chunk of time that you block out and you just have to learn to say no to interruptions. And I thought about like, wow, I think there's either some corporate training that could be done to just have a consultant that come in, comes in and actually mm-hmm. teaches us about it. Right. But wouldn't it be even better to put that into an app and automate it similar to what Siri did with like personal assistance and ordering cabs and looking at the weather and so on and so forth of just trying to automate most of this away into an app that actually is that educator that is that tool that helps you to get more work done. And that is why we have these lovely videos every day in your, in your task feed right now, where we're trying to, it's part education and not just part flow. It's the first part is educating you how you should react to your surroundings. As you can see in those videos, you've been with Centered now for a bit. They're, they're these days more focused on, on the work from home situation. Right, they are, yeah. But 
but actually when we launched earlier in January, our company, they were all about like how to convince your product manager to just leave you alone for two, for two hours so that you can get some work done. And, and it might come back to that, that conversation as well of just like teaching people to take their time back to actually be productive. Yeah. And that is, that is was the whole birthplace of centered of just, wow, I think there's an opportunity here to help corporate America, the world to rethink, reclaim, first of all, their flow time, their deep work time, mm. then rethink overall how we all work as a society. You know, should we really be living in a world where we're bragging about working 80 to 100 hour like weeks or even more, right? And shouldn't we rather be bragging about the like works of the lifetime, the like the amazing article that you wrote, the amazing interview you had at a podcast or the amazing candidate yeah. you like interviewed or right. the piece of code you wrote as an engineer? That's what yeah. you should be bragging about and not that you just sat on your desk and got interrupted all day long. And just it's interesting you it's very interesting you say that because I had a really profound experience between American culture and Norwegian working culture. Norway is actually, I'm not sure if it's this year, but a couple of years ago, it was, it was designated as the most productive country in the world. Is that and, so? And what was so fascinating was, and, and I worked in U.S. culture most of my career, and then I, was in, I left Norway for 2008. And what was fascinating was, it's absolutely true, I saved about 25 to 30% time. Because in American culture, when you get in the morning, you get your coffee, you get to the water cooler and you talk, right? And you, yeah. and, and you can't be, and at least because I've always, I've been like most of my last two thirds of my career, I've been like a communications director. So I'm directing, I'm leading, you know, so you want to make sure your staff is okay, right? So, so you're talking so much that you don't really have time for lunch. So you have to yeah. work your, your productive time becomes through lunch. And then you stay until the end and you end up being at 7, 7, 7 or 8 p.m., right? So yep. Norway, when I started work, no one says hi to each other in the morning. They all go into their office space and they work. And you only go in if there's a task. You cannot ask them about how your day is because you're disrupting their time. Yep. And because the time is the most precious, precious commodity, right? So you don't disturb them. You respect that time. And then everyone goes at lunch at the same time. So you have like either you go at 11, 11, 30 or 12 o'clock, right? And yeah. that's when you can sit and talk to people. And then the other places you set up a meeting, but you have like an ag agenda for the meeting, an outcome for the exactly. meeting. Exactly. You thought and it so through, you planned you, it. You talk it through and plan it, right? They've gotten more lax lately, but that's how it's been. And what was so interesting to me was I could then leave at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. And I could have a whole afternoon of having, I don't know how many wonderful, valuable times I've had at the coffee house with my friends and having time with my nieces and nieces, my brother, because I wasn't spending the time at work. And it was and frowned upon. And you get the same amount of work done. The same amount of work done yeah. because there's much more time for the deep work. However, what I am seeing though is because of the whole Facebook, Instagram invading much more work, I'm seeing Norwegians becoming less productive. And I think you're pointing out quite right the problem of these days. And I think, you know, how centered is trying to fight against that is, is the interruption of social media. I'm not sure if you've seen the social dilemma on Netflix yet, but um, no, I, I haven't. 
I've I've uh, I've heard the I've heard the pro- the producers talk about it. So it's an amazing. It uh, it is it is so spot on in which world we're living at. Where I think the the like, great takeaway quote from that movie was that if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Yeah. And you just have to remind yourself of how is Facebook making money? How is Google making money? How are they the, like one of the richest companies in, in the Valley? They're, they know everything about you. They can predict so well your next click, your next action, your next scroll that they can actually influence you in doing something you might not actually want but they know you will do it and they will find a person that will pay for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that is exactly the thing that we're trying to work against at Centered of really trying to build, we call it the firewall for your brain. Of, oh, I like that. Firewall of, for your brain. That is that is great. Of just like shielding these sad moments of just you constantly scrolling and scrolling and looking at more videos of, cute kittens that's me at least um where always will stop and click play and it's so unproductive it doesn't really add much to your life it just is the same thing than your trigger in the casino when you pull it and you hear some great sound and you see something flashing and sometimes you get your random dopamine hit and and that's it so why not better design a tool where when you finish something, you get an actual dopamine hit, right? Like we do in our gratitude screen. When you're done with the task, we take over your screen. I love that. show you a beautiful (laughs) image and just remind yourself to be grateful for what you've just done. That is much better than, you know, the trigger that you pull in a casino, the infinite scroll that you have in your Instagram or Facebook feed. Yeah, no, it was really fascinating. And I remember when I was gone, I was in Cuba for three weeks. And there was no Facebook, no social media. So I almost felt like I went back to 1990. And then I remember when I got back home and all my friends were, oh, we got to Facebook this. And I go, oh, what is that? Oh, yeah, my smartphone. I forgot about my smartphone. Isn't that, so, isn't that interesting? That, that's, just, that's just where we're getting started. Like our next bigger push is going to be on mobile. Actually, we are. Oh, we I can't are, wait for you to get mobile. You're getting, you're getting soon. Uh, most of our early users are getting a small gift from us. I can give you a little sneak peek here what it's going to be. You're getting a little box where you can put your phone in. And it's a pretty branded box that has a little centered logo on it. Oh, you can cool. just leave that box on your, on your computer and whenever on your desk. And whenever you want to flow and get deep work done, just put your phone in that box. So oh, you don't even nice. get to see you don't even get to see your phone flash up. That 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 comes a little bit before a mobile version. Right. We're still working really hard on on actually blocking out distractions on your phone as well. It, yeah. It's coming. It's coming in the next couple of months. But the box can is coming much much sooner. <laughs> yeah. It's our like lo-fi version of the problem we're trying to solve. Yeah. Well, it is a huge problem. But what's what's hard is, and if this is where if you could help us, because. So much of work right now is Facebook and Instagram. Like for me as a communicator, that's where you're marketing to your to your clients. You are telling them stories. You're trying to get their attention, right? And so it's almost part of your work, and yet you don't want it to be a part of your work. Well, I think there's a shift you do inside of, like a mind shift that you do hmm. when you actually you have a very specific purpose to go to Facebook and Twitter. Right. 
put that in your task playlist or whatsoever and remind yourself of that purpose. Oh, that's a good idea. Because you can you can tell Noah to like be quiet. You can tell him to like not nag you when you're on Facebook for that task. And by doing that, you still set that purpose of I want to find, say, 10 people. I want to respond to 10 people on their posts about, you know, what you want to communicate. And then you're done and then you close it again. And and again, you just oh, that know is a great that idea. this is your purpose and you don't go in the infinite scroll. It's like, oh, I wonder what my friend Karen is up to right now. Like, no, right. this is not your focus. You just set yourself a 10 minutes. I'm going to do this. And especially when you do it in a short time frame in like 10, 15 minutes, right? right. You you better be quick, getting quickly through your Facebook posts uh, to, to get actually your, your purpose that you've set down. Same for Twitter, right? It works for like all of these platforms. Um, oh, yeah, that's you just a go really good like, idea. Like Facebook is not fun anymore. Facebook is work and you're setting yourself up beforehand of what you want to achieve on Facebook or Twitter. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. So instead of, because before what I've done is I've just set this random time. I can do a half an hour on, like that's how I programmed my phone, only a half an hour per day on social media. Good. <laughs> and I do go do over some the apps installed. What did you say? Do you have Facebook and Twitter apps installed? Yeah, I, I used to not. I used to not. I used to delete them. I've deleted off Twitter, but sometimes my Safari can still find them if I really look. <laughs> so, 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 and it's been hard a little bit, I have to admit, but I am working on it. I'm getting better. Like I've gone down 20% usage. So I'm like, I'm kind of working on it, but. Uh, it's a real addiction, right? It is. It you're, is you're like addiction. having to wean yourself off of it. And that's just shows how well they designed that dopamine trigger there it is it is a dopamine it's like you're you're connecting with your friends you're getting uh, news like for twitter i'm a news junkie so getting the latest news there you're not oh my god i can't believe that happened then you go to the next thing yeah. and now after the election i've totally black i put a wall up i'm not even going to the social media at all we I'm did have like, an election what did you say yeah we, we did have an election <laughs> we did i'm just uh, I'm, I'm i'm ignoring the election so but anyways that's really yeah, fascinating. I think I think there's something there. My personal approach to social media on on my phone, at least, is yeah. I don't install the apps. Uh, ah. I go and I, I'm aware that I go to the web apps of them. So I right. open Safari and, and go there. With that, I turned off all notifications. I don't allow notifications. On I've it, done that. So it has to be a pull and not a push because that's a, yet another way they're trying to pull you in, right? And frankly, I do it so little these days. I, I probably will spend like 15 minutes a day, if not, wow. if not less, on, on Facebook. So how did you get that off? How did you get off being in the app world? How did you like? How did you, I? Yeah. Um, how did you do it? Yeah. I think the hardest part was uninstalling the apps and getting <laughs> an actual actual worse experience, right? Through the mobile web app. That was, I think that was a key piece to it. Mm. I don't know for like my, it, and it really is like different for every person, right? My personality is like, it's for me really easy to try something new and go like cold turkey on something of like, right. I'm going to do two weeks of keto. If I'm going to continue on it, most likely not for a long time, but I, it's really easy to, for me as a personality to right. like go deep into something and try it out. And so this was one of the things that stuck 
um, of just wow. deleting it and I never looked back at it. Same for the Amazon app, by the way. No, oh, I don't have that. On my phone. Good, good. Same for the Amazon app. I, I know a lot of friends of mine that have Amazon packages every other day arriving at the house just because it's the same thing. It's another scroll, another suggestion. It just, except it costs you a lot more money. But it's like random shopping, really going at the mall and just randomly shopping when you don't have an intent. Exactly. It's really, so it's really exactly. the importance of intent. We should be more intentional. That is, that is all what productivity is about to like mm. actually take a second and think what you want to do. However, don't go too far in, into the like a land of like the project management and just spend hours after hours of like documenting and writing out and like planning in the future, then forgetting to actually be present. Yeah. So, so which is interesting, actually, like hmm. the, the way I think about productivity overall is in tenses, is in three tenses. Okay. It's the, the future, the present and the past. So think of like the future as in the planning, figuring out what you actually need to do. And there are other apps that are amazing for that, right? There's like the Todoist, the Asanas that really just help you or the like Trellos that help you plan, delegate, figure out what actually needs to be done. Then you go into the present, right? That's what, where we come mostly and you can pull in your tasks that you already have with your friends. You can write out, you can plan a little bit in center too, and you will be better to plan in center as well. But right now, another way to think about it is you plan in the future, pull in your tasks into the present and centered and actually work and get these tasks done. And then you go into the past and the past is all about learning how you worked hmm. and thinking like just looking back at what did I do? What did I achieve? Should I, what could I be doing better? Where did I get distracted? So that the next day loop of the planning, doing, looking at your analytics in the past can get better. And you basically just self-improving yourself every single day mm. if you follow that approach. So do you use Todoist as your place for future or what, what kind of programs our, do you use? Our company uses Asana overall for, Asana, okay. for delegation and task management and specifications and, and all of this. But we pull our Asana tasks into Centered. So we use internally Asana for larger planning the future, for right. assigning, delegating, having these big backlogs. And then we pull these tasks into Centered. You can just connect mm. your Asana account to Centered, for instance, and pull your tasks in. That is kind of our workflow. Our company internally, it was interesting that you talked about the water cooler talk and whatnot. We have a stand-up, company-wide stand-up. It's for, usually it goes like 15 to 20 minutes every morning at 8.30. That is the one meeting. We are a remote team right now, thanks to covid so it's the one time we all really get together and, and huddle up and talk about what we've done yesterday, what we're doing today, but also just feel the connection, the human connection. But that's and intentional water cooler. That's, that's intentional smart. water cooler. Exactly. Yeah, that's an intentional water cooler. And then we have a company-wide policy that between 10 and 12, these are our two hours of flow where there never, there's never a meeting allowed. There's, oh, there's wow. just like no communication unless it, something is on fire and our servers are down. But it is a company-wide policy that every single person is at least flowing for two hours a day and planning the day around this. 
most people at center it actually flow for longer. But in the afternoons, you sometimes have like pairing sessions, design sessions. You actually collaborate with somebody with the goal, like you said earlier, you set a goal of like what we want to get done in, in a meeting, for instance, or in a collaboratively coding session, a collaborative design session. But it's less than the, you listen to the music and for every day you get two hours of deep work time. That's really smart. You've actually set out two hours company policy. Again, we have to. That is, we have yeah, to, we have to, right? That's the app. Yeah, but building. I don't think I don't <laughs> think many I don't think many companies do. But that's a really smart trick for companies to say between such and such time is flow time, and it and it should just be normal. And you you should measure the outcome of it. It's with Center. It's really easy to measure the outcome right. of it. You see how much work gets done, how much right. like distractions are actually counted for for the people that you work with so it's kind of a no-brainer isn't it yeah but you know what's interesting how do you deal with collaboration like do you have any advice for that because i feel like sometimes myself a whole day has gone by in phone calls talking with people and you're like wow what happened i didn't get to do what i was supposed to be doing and then that's you why sit. you got two hours that's why you said again yeah most you of the time two hours yeah just imagine if you had every day two hours, how much more work you would get done. And guess what? The rest of the time, if if it's your job, if you're in communications, or if you're a manager and you have to just do a lot of check-ins, it everything else will still get done just because you had your two hours of happy, deep work time. Now you can actually have all your meetings and whatnot. And guess what? Like it just works. No, I think I'm going to do that. No, I'm going to block off times instead of like, just block it off and say, sorry, I don't have time to meet at that. And then make that as my deep work time. I think that's a really smart one. Because sometimes I feel like my schedule ran away from me. Some, I was like, wait, what happened? And just turn off the phone and just make people realize I'm not reachable at this time. That is the most important piece, again, to, yeah. to set yourself up for that too, right? Yeah. You, you want to tell your coworkers, hey, I'm actually in flow during this time. We we do that with our Slack integration, for instance, where you, if you connect your Slack account and you hit play on a task, it shows to all your coworkers that you're in a center in a focus centered session wow. that you're actually flowing. So, and it does magical things. It just a coworker knowing that there's a little headphone headphone icon next to you and it shows you that you're flowing. Mm-hmm. People leave you alone because again they feel like included they feel like oh i understand i i want that too right it's not like oh i want to interrupt a person nobody ever wants to interrupt another person like we all would love to have more remember that quote-unquote work we want to get more of that done right and we just have to give ourselves permission to do it and i think with the company-wide two-hour flow a day you have automatic permission from a, a company like white level to do that. And just know that nothing that is not on everything that is not on fire can wait for two hours. Wow. You know, isn't it so funny how we are, you're caught so much in this like reaction mode and having to respond right away. People are expecting it right away. And then there just comes a time where you create more fires than really are fires. I think. That's it. You call everything a fire. If somebody, if your boss asks you for the latest numbers, you assume that it needs to happen right, right now. Yeah. But that, that is a problem that we have to address on both ends. 
right? your boss should write, oh, I need them by the end of the day or like set a set actually a proper deadline right. to when you need something by. And nothing, unless it's really business critical, ever needs to be right now. Right. That's interesting. So let me ask you this. And your music is really fascinating. How have you come up with that music? Because in the beginning, it was it was it was hard for me to listen to it. I wasn't quite used to it. Yeah. But now and so I was trying to set up my Spotify music, but that didn't really work either. And so as I went back to your music and and now I can't do without the music. Yeah. So you've got you've got me addicted to your music. So what's in the music? (laughs) So so our chief content officer, my co-founder, Stephen, is is in charge of that that piece of our app. And he's doing such a fantastic job in curating the right music, finding the right musicians, finding yet something that sounds similar, but is again different. We have we have over 60 hours of music already in our app. We're adding about two to three hours of music every month so that oh, it wow. never gets too repetitive for you. So we're still, now we're throwing a little bit of engineering at it as well and learning like what people skip and whatnot and like how to make the music even more interesting to you but yeah the the detail here is like it's all the same ish music just very very hand curated right now wow is there any science behind the music what what you're selecting so we're we're playing a little bit with the idea of like binaural beats we have like a spotify playlist actually for that but you know what I read so far on it, I'm not quite yet convinced that it is scientifically mm. proven to make a difference. I think it is much, much more the habit building, pattern matching nature of us human beings mm-hmm. of listening to the same type of beats again and again, the same type of rhythms again and again, and connecting it. That's the important part here, connecting it to a good feeling. Mm. Right, you're connecting it to actually flowing through your work and having that free feeling of not getting disrupted. That mm. is what you're connecting it to, and that is why the music would, is working. Okay, that's very fascinating. Wow. Well, this has been great. Oh, wow. I'm so I'm so excited that you came on. What is the future of centered? What? So we're going to have possibly a mobile case that's going to distract me away from my phone. A mobile app coming down you're having the windows version what is your vision for that's more like immediate tactical things but what is the vision for centered going forward look the big vision here is we're trying to build an operating system for productivity like i already Mm. said before a firewall for your brain something Mm. that can help any knowledge worker out there anybody who is doing deep work with their computers right now to actually get more work done in this time. And that is right now a very opinionated approach, right? You have to say what you do, you have to hit play, and then Noah starts learning on your your behaviors and your patterns. But just imagine a future of that data actually being trained and analyzed. We can not just look at your patterns, we can match your patterns to more productive people than you and I that use the app the same way. And Noah can nudge you to change the way you work or you write in certain ways. We can, we actually experiment with using your webcam and detect if you're getting tired, 
detect oh, if really? you're if you're happy or sad. We haven't rolled this out yet because we want to make it the least creepy way possible. Right. Obviously, this is not about like us spying on you. This is about us trying to see when Nora can. T- you you've been there when you were writing late at night, and you you're kind of stuck, but you really want to finish that one chapter, yes. and. <laughs> And, and you just keep on at it and keep on at it. And it just doesn't come together. And, you know, it's like four in the morning. And you finally was like, screw this. I'm going to go to bed. You sleep, you wake up, you take a shower under the shower. Everything comes together. Right. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what if Noah would have told you at one in the morning, three hours earlier to you're tired, go to bed guess what? Your brain continues to actually process the data. You could have rested and your brain would have continued to think about your next chapter, even when you sleep. And that's why you have that moment when you wake up and you come up with this aha moment, the light bulb went on. That is just, that is not because you out of a sudden got a lot smarter. That is because your brain continued to work on that problem that you had. And so it was such a waste of time to trying to figure it out for the last like three hours of the night. And you should have given your body rest and you, you got the same outcome the next day. So that's kind of a little bit what we are experimenting with and like helping you to realize when it's actually not a good time to flow anymore. When you're, when you think you're flowing, but you're really not flowing anymore. You're just, you're just spinning empty cycles right now. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. That's fascinating. Wow. I can't wait to keep keeping up with it and keep using it. My gosh, my deep work has just improved so much. So I really have to thank you. And I think is the last question that I'd love for you to share as a close. What is your life hack? Oh my God. We have, we have so many small little life hacks uh, and then we, we share them in the app actually in our like small videos, but the one that is, and I'm happy to share it with you. You can put it in your podcast notes as well, that video. We have it on YouTube. I would love to do that, um, yes. So I truly believe in setting the right scene for your work. And with that, I have a very specific office setup that I like. I have my own room. I have like my chair in the corner when I want to read and still, or like just think where I sit in. The main piece here is, I use aromatherapy. I have a diffuser for the right setting. I use, for instance, when I do these interviews, I use lavender to just, you know, make me very concentrated and relaxed, less anxious, peppermint in the morning. And it in just, the morning? In the morning. I've always heard it's supposed to be in the afternoon. Why in the morning? That's interesting. I, you know, I think it is with all of these things, whatever works the best for you, right? No, it's just something I've and, read. That's why I'm asking you because I, I I, have peppermints. I'd love to hear why you use peppermint. I literally just started trying different things out and peppermint was the one that stuck for me in my two hours of flow. Okay. Wow. So setting up a different room with a different smell, again, adds to the music, to the Noah, to the... Just again, the Pavlovian bell to make your brain remember this is super hyper creative work time. This mm. is when, you know, I write a specification, when I work on design, when I write some code for me personally, or like when I think of a better North Star for the company, that, that is all around design 
to help me get quicker into that. So that we all can actually, even though we are a very busy startup, that I actually can spend some time with my family, that I'd have a life outside of this. And guess what? We're 11 months old and we're pretty far ahead of our schedule because I think we use centered so much and we use our own methodologies so much. I think it's a great methodology, but you know, I just have to ask another question now because you got me curious. Why did you call it Noah? Like you, Good you, question. You, we're, because you get zero and Noah. And I was like, wait, I forgot the most important one. Why Noah? Noah. So Noah's name is actually Paul. And we felt Noah was just this, some could say there's like some biblical aspect to it. Where it's just like helping you through the flood of information. Oh, um, I love that. Like oh, gets I you, love that. You know, just gets you to, to where you need to be. And that's why it was Noah. The flood of information. Oh, that is brilliant. Wow. You are so thoughtful in what you're doing. We this try. Been, we try. Oh, it's been such a privilege. And, and you know, Senate has really changed my life. It's changed my productivity. It's changed my joy in doing deep work, even my financial work. So you're really doing a great service to us, people that need to do more deep work. So I just really want to thank you for coming on to my podcast. Oh my God. So I'm so happy that you had me on your podcast. This was, this was so much fun. The most important piece here is that it's, we're not really giving you anything. You're taking back what you had all along and you're just putting yourself on these guardrails to get into this deep flow state and do the work of the century, right? If we, with our app, if we can just enable more and more people to start another company, come up with that great idea, write that novel that is just the best novel in the world, that is a new bestseller, come up with the cure for a disease. All of this doesn't come from us running around and having yet another status meeting. It comes because we're setting ourselves up for a deep focused state. It's It comes from us actually being in flow. And we just have to remind ourselves we need more of that in this world. And the world would look very, very different if all of us would flow for two hours a day. It would. Thank you so much, Elf. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. If you happen to like this episode, please share with your friends. And if you're new, please pop on over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you and how we can improve and make this better or how this has helped you. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode.